0: Hello and welcome to Locked on Cardinals for Thursday, April the 21st of 2022. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day, Monday to Friday, as we are in season baseball is it's somewhat still hard to believe that baseball is still back but nevertheless i am lucas smith host of the show thanks for tuning in today and each and every day that you tune in if you're looking for a follow on twitter you can follow me at lj fastball follow the show on twitter at lo underscore cardinals as well as on instagram For all of your Locked on Cardinals content, if you are wondering what today's title sponsor is, it is Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked on MLB listeners will get $50 off $500. Use code Locked and Check out more about Blue Nile coming up later in the show. But we're going to start with some baseball talk because the St. Louis Cardinals, as I mentioned, um, took game two of the three-game series against Miami. Yesterday, as it was a pretty dominant performance by all Cardinal pitchers, as they kind of used uh, Johnny Holstaff, if you will, as Michael is getting the start yesterday. He was, he was solid. we solid. talking about all the pitching that was going on yesterday. Nolan Arenado as well, playing the big hero late in the game. And then in segment two, kind of a- asking an interesting question, we'll look at stats of, you know, what players were involved in the Marcelo zuda tree as we got to see Sandy Alcantara play, pitch against the St. Louis Cardinals once again. Not the first time that's happened since he was traded away to the Fish, but still an interesting question nonetheless to, to discuss. Would you make that trade again? So we'll talk about that in a little bit, and then we'll talk about Jordan Hicks as well. But game yesterday was about as solid as you can ask for. 2 nothing, especially from the pitching perspective. 2 nothing. Marlon's only getting five hits. Two walks were issued by the Cardinal pitching staff. One by Hennessy Cabrera, one by Giovanni Gallegos in a stressful and eventful ninth. I find it ironic that yesterday I talked about how much of a sense of calm and a sense of um, confidence that you have when Giovanni Gallegos comes into the game and then he uh, bends but doesn't break in yesterday's contest, striking out two and getting the final out on a forced out at second base. But Michael is, was solid. You know, 86 innings. He pitched. Uh, Five-plus innings, he gave up a leadoff hit in that sixth inning before Andre Pellante came in, and he struck out three and two innings, so he was phenomenal. But Michaels was able to just be efficient. 86 pitches, five innings, not terrible. Maybe you like to see him go another inning or so, but I'm okay with Ali Marmol being aggressive. You know, I know that you have a lot of baseball games coming up here in in a short time. Next off, day isn't for another couple weeks. But at the same time, this bullpen is rolling. Keep using it. And it's not, again, I feel like I'm talking about this every day this week. The reason that I think Marmol has the ability to keep using his bullpen, maybe more so than Mike Schilt did last year, is because of the fact that Marmol has more than just three options he can go to. You go to Palante, you go to Cabrera, you go to Gagos, you go to Helsley. You have so many options in this bullpen. You know, a struggling piece right now might be Drew Verhagen, but you also have Jake Woodford you can go to as a long man. You've got TJ McFarland. You have a plethora of options that so far in the early going, and yes, I recognize that it is the... Very early going still of the season. You have options out of this bullpen, so keep riding the hot hand, which is, right now, most of the bullpen. But for Miles Mikolas, it was just an, another impressive start. It was another step in the right direction. He was phenomenal against Milwaukee last Friday, against the uh, division favorite Milwaukee Brewers, um, and then now he goes out and pitches well against the Miami Marlins. In that start against the Milwaukee, six and two-thirds, three hits, a run, a walk on seven strikeouts. And then now, against Miami, five innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, five punch-outs. So to start the young season in three starts, he's got one not great one, one really, really good one, one solid one. Those are... That's a pretty good way to start the season, especially for somebody like Miles Michaelis. Fifteen and a third innings in those three starts, three earned runs, just three walks. That's impressive. The WHIP down to one point zero four. Just one win in those three starts, but again, wins aren't don't mean as much as they used to. And the ERA sits right now at one point seven six for Miles Michaelis. Setting the tone. That's what the starter has to do. Set the tone. Michaelis was doing just that. Setting the tone. And he was able to go out there and kind of feed off the energy. And he matched zeros. Just Daniel Alcantara is an ace. Especially for this miami Marlins team, which has a ton of pitching. And we're going to see more of that pitching tonight between the Cardinals and Marlins. With Pablo Lopez on the mound. We'll talk about him in segment number three. So for Sandy Alcantara to be considered, at least from my outside perspective, to be considered the ace of the Marlins staff, and for the Cardinals to do what they did against Sandy Alcantara, or excuse me, for Miles Michaels to match Sandy Alcantara in matching the zeros, that that's a very quality start for Miles michaels because uh, if you ask around the league, most people probably aren't considering Miles michaels as an ace of the Cardinals' staff because he's not. But when you go, my point is, is that when you go up against an ace like Sandy Alcantara, who's putting up zeros and is just straight filthy after uh, an, an eventful first inning, Cardinals getting the first two men to reach and then stranding those two runners, Alcantara settled in michaelis was able to match zeros and keep his team in the game even if you would have given up just a run or two you're still keeping your team in the game at a pretty good measure there but michaelis went above and beyond and just pitched zeros everybody pitched zeros yesterday too I mentioned andre palante he was downright filthy yesterday he had a couple of cutters 94 mile an hour with some tail to it and his two scoreless innings of work uh, he gave up no hits no runs, no walks, and he struck out three. He looked really solid yesterday. Somebody that I don't think a lot of people, myself anyways included, a lot of people thought, not only a lot of people probably would have thought that he was going to be a key part in this bullpen, and yesterday he really saved the bullpen after Michaelis goes five innings. And he's having a nice start to his year as well, giving up just one earned run in five innings. Two walks, four strikeouts, four hits on the young season. But in two of the three appearances for Polante, he's been able to go two innings. He's been able to be kind of a long man in the bullpen. After a very impressive spring, he earned his role. So again, Polante is just another guy in the mix, another guy in the fold that is an option for Ali Marmol. Options are good. Cardinals have a plethora of them in the bullpen right now. Polante being one of them. It's going to be really exciting to see what Polante can do. And it's going to be exciting as well to see um or not exciting, it'll be interesting. rather. Sorry, I missed up my words there. It's going to be interesting to see if and when the league adjusts to him, how is he going to adjust back, right? Because everybody's got to make adjustments constantly. There's going to be enough video on him eventually that the league is going to adjust. But so far, Polante has has just impressed coming out. And then after Polante, Hennessy Cabrera came in, he pitched a scoreless eighth inning, did walk one, also struck out one as he was credited with the win. Matching zeros. Matching zeros. That's exactly what the Cardinals did yesterday. Got the same amount of hits as the Marlins. One happened to leave the ball yard for Arnauto. But you you look at it, the the Cardinals left four runners on base. The Miami Marlins stranded eight runners on base. Neither team had a hit with runners in scoring position yesterday. Yesterday was about who was going to score last. Arguably, who's going to last or first. You can go whichever route you want to go. Cardinals scored first and last. The Marlins didn't score at all. Gallegos gets credited for his third save. Again, he struck out two in the ninth, gave up a hit and a walk. So there were, you know, tying run was on base, winning run at the plate, and he was able to come through. It was it was just matching zeros inning after inning, and it was impressive from the Cardinals' standpoint. And then Nolan Arnauto played hero. He was, I mean, When you look at the stat line, you know, somebody, when somebody goes one for four with three strikeouts, you're usually not thinking too much about them. But Nolan Aranato went one for four, with three strikeouts, and a clutch, two-run home run in the ninth inning after Sandy Alcantara had been removed. After 98 pitches in eight innings, he went eight innings, four hits, a walk, and six punchouts. Gave way to Anthony Bender. And Nolan Aranato absolutely turned around a 98-mile-an-hour fastball in the inside corner. Jorge Soler almost brought it back, but was unable to do so. Baseball oftentimes is about flushing the memory, getting rid of the, uh, g- getting rid of what just happened and moving on. Nolan Arenado could have easily gone, man, I'm ha- this is just not my day. Got three strikeouts, just going to put the ball in play, see if I can't keep the line moving and get somebody else up here. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to attack this. I'm going to try and do what I can to help my team win. And he ended up, as I mentioned a couple times already, playing hero. Two-run shot in the top of the ninth. Just escapes over the left-field wall. Three outs later, the Cardinals have a Redbird winner. Love John Rooney's Redbird winner call. All in all, just, a, again, another team effort. Because Nolan Arenado Nolan is starting to come back down to earth just a little bit. I mean, his average has dipped down to 368. <laughs> his OPS is still at 130, uh, 1337, so that's just absolutely remarkable. But even when he struggles, he has a difference-making type of game. Not a lot of highly offensive performances to talk about. Molina and Bader both got hits yesterday, so you like to see that. And Tommy Ebben, who was put at the top of the lineup, two for four. After a little bit of a slow start, Eben started to find it just a little bit. Uh, But that home run by Nolan Arnauto was the only extra base hit in the entire game. I think that that means that Nolan Arnauto made a difference in the game. And a little bit of an impact. So, one last note on Miles Michaelis on the, on the pitching side of things before I got to move on. I am running a little bit long in this segment, but just a lot of fun to talk about. And I want to spend a little time talking about the Ozuna trade. What's key for a Cardinal p- pitching? What have I talked about fr- from day negative one, <laughs> from day zero? What is important for this Cardinal pitching staff? Keep the ball on the ground, get groundouts. According to MLB.com box score, Miles Michaelis, eight groundouts, no flyouts. Andre Pellante, three ground outs, no flyouts. Cabrera and Gallegos got a ground out each. That is the definition of keeping the ball on the ground. It's exactly what Cardinal pitching needs to do. Theodore Alcantara was great yesterday, but it also got me thinking, what if? What if he was still a St. Louis Cardinal? So it has me looking back at the trade between the Cardinals and the Marlins as to what sent Alcantara to Miami. And I'll break it down, and i ask the question, would you still make that trade today? Talk about that coming up in a minute. But I mentioned at the top, the title sponsor today is Blue Nile. So I'm going to tell you about BlueNile.com, the original online jeweler. If you're looking to get engaged, it's a great spot, as well as with Mother's Day around the corner. You can give mom the jewelry gift that she prefers. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom for this Mother's Day. You can shop high-quality classic diamond earrings Elegant tennis bracelets or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for jewelry but having trouble choosing as well? No problem. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 to help you out. They are available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. So mark Mother's Day with something enduring. A classic diamond stud, earring piece, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more. All at BlueNile.com. Celebrating the special woman in your life as well? BlueNile.com can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every single price point. Locked, or excuse me, the Mother's Day gift mom. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on MLB listeners will get $50 off a $500 purchase. This is a podcast exclusive deal. Only good through Mother's Day, so hurry up. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Marcelo Zuna was a Cardinal for two years, I wouldn't go as far to say he was a polarizing figure, but definitely a couple of of takes on him and his Cardinal tenure, Uh, because in his Cardinal tenure, uh, which lasted from 2017 to 2000, excuse me, 2018, 2019, uh, hit 52 home runs, 23 and 29 each year, respectively, hit 262, got an on-base clip of 327, uh, and he slugged. 451 in that time, uh, 39 doubles in those two seasons. OPS plus of 107, OPS of seven. Oh, excuse me, seven seventy-seven. So some good, some bad there with Marcelo Zuna. At the time, it was an impact move because Marcelo Zuna was coming off his, his career year outside of 2020. Now that we have hindsight, right? Because in 2017, he was an all-star, gold glove, silver slugger, 15th in the MVP voting, hit 312, on base of 376, had an OPS of 924, an OPS plus of 149. 37 home runs, 124 RBIs. Both of those career highs for Marcelo Zuna. It's not even close on RBIs. No other year has he even broke 100. No other year has he even broke 30 home runs either. He got 29 for the Cardinals in 19. So two decent years for Marcelo Zuna, for, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Decent technique. Made the postseason in 2019. He was one of the Cardinals' best hitters that year. No award, no no, no no, anything really for Ozuna in 18 or 19. And this is what the Cardinals had to give up t- t- to get Marcelo Zuna. Zach Gallen, who is now with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Sandy Alcantara, who we just talked about. Magnus Sierra, who was fast as lightning at the time. And then a name that's kind of forgotten in that trade, Daniel Castano. So let's look at each one and what they've done with Miami. Well, first, we'll go to uh, Castano, who is still pitching in the major leagues. He pitched in the major leagues for Miami in parts of three seasons. In 2020, COVID year, first year, had a 303 ERA in 29 237 inning. His ERA plus was phenomenal at 151. His FIP was a little high at 4.81. His whip was 1.38. Last season, 20 and at 1/3 of an inning. His ERA plus dipped to 88. FIP was above five. ERA 4.87. Nothing too spectacular. In two innings this year, scoreless baseball, four hits and two strikeouts. Too early to tell this season, right? So not not terrible for Castano, or for Castano, excuse me. But again, he wasn't really the big piece of the trade. Um, Wasn't one of the big three pieces, I should say, um, in terms of who went from St. Louis to Miami. So we'll start with Magnus Sierra, um, who just played... um, Excuse me. Who did play parts of four seasons with Miami? Me. Mean, with the Cardinals, people forget in 2017. In just 22 games, he was 19 for 60. That's 317 batting average. An on base of 359. An op, an on base percentage of 359. Excuse me. Only slugged 317. So his OPS was 676. So that's not great. His best year. It really hasn't had a full year except for last season when he. Played in 123 games, but his best statistical year was a 15-game stint in 2019. Uh, he was 14 for 40. That's a three fifty batting average, three eighty one on base, four twenty-five slugging. But but anyways, not didn't really have a, a great full season with the Miami Marlins, and now he is in the minor leagues with the Los Angeles Angels. So he hasn't panned out quite yet. Still just 26, still got some time to figure things out, uh, but the power just re- really never developed. Didn't hit a single home run. In five seasons, 233 games, Uh, did have three triples across that time and 13 doubles. But a 278 slugging percentage really isn't going to cut it in today's Major League Baseball. And then you look at Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins. He, He... Led the league in losses in 2019, but he was also an all-star for the Miami Marlins. Last season, led the league in games started with 33, 205 and two-thirds of an inning. He was 9-15, and 15, but that's in large part due to the Marlins just not giving him any run support, as we talked about with the crossover. Had an ERA plus of 132 last year. Really, really good. Fielding independent pitching, 3.42. Fielding independent pitching this year is 3.44. 213, the ERA plus, 1.86, the ERA Three starts. He's one and zero. A great start for Alcantara, right? So now we move over to Zach Gown. What has he done? Well, he's not even on the Marlins right now either, as he's been since traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Put up some pretty good numbers. I mean, he was ninth in the Cy Young Award voting uh, for Arizona in 2020, but for Miami, he only pitched seven games for Miami um, in 2019. He was one and three, but had a 2.72 ERA. That for the Miami Marlins, thirty-six and a third innings pitch. That was a lot of stats just kind of thrown together, right? Uh, well, the, the, the main point that I want to get to, would you make this trade again? Let me know in the YouTube comment section below where you can email Cards at g1.com. You can DM on Twitter at LJFastball or you can uh, do um, you can DM l one Cardinals on Twitter or Instagram as well. Do whatever you like. I want to know your thoughts. But I'm telling you right now, Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen would both look pretty nice in this rotation right about now. Again, we've we've had a couple nice turns through the rotation for for a couple different guys, but you have to balance the fact that would you rather have those two in your rotation for still a couple years, Alcantara just signed a contract extension to eat up his arbitration years, and survive without Marcelo Zuna for two years, or would you still make the trade today? I... Honestly, as much as I did like Ozuna and his tenure on the baseball field for St. Louis, I'm probably not pulling the trigger on this trade again. Knowing what we know now, in the moment I had no quarrel, no qualms with the trade, no problems with it. But knowing what we know now, with with how good Alcantara has turned out to be to, to, to date, how good Zach Gallon has been in the past, especially with Marcelo Zuna's off the field issues that didn't come to light until after he had left for Atlanta. And again, I was somebody that wanted the Cardinals for to bring Ozuna back before he signed with Atlanta. But now, knowing what we know, with, with everything in mind, I'm probably not pulling the trigger on this trade again from a Cardinals standpoint. And again, I recognize that he had two average to above-average years with St. Louis. He was one of the Cardinals' best hitters in the 2019 postseason, especially in the, in the division series. But big picture, long term, like I mentioned, Alcantara and Gallon would be... Pretty nice in this rotation right about now. So let me know what you think. Comment, DM, email, yell, something. Let me know what you think. I want to know what you think on if you'd pull the trigger on Ozuna or not. Um, now, with the information we have now. But looking at now, looking at tonight, looking at the starting rotation for tonight, Jordan Hicks finally will get a start for the St. Louis Cardinals. 5:40, the central time. The first pitch between the Marlins and the Cardinals. Jordan Hicks getting the ball. Really excited to see what he can do in his first start of the season after a couple of longer relief relief outings. So we're talking Jordan Hicks coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about BetOnline.net and how it is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info this season. For all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, go to BetOnline, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. I know that the Bulls had a big upset last night at Milwaukee, so if you bet on the Bulls, you probably won some money. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information. Whether you want to do live betting, playoffs, esports, and more, go to the website to find all the ways to win some money. Head to the website today or use your mobile device. You can also learn about the trends and action in the sporting world. BetOnline is where the game starts. Jordan Hicks versus Pablo Lopez tonight. Runs will, at least from the Cardinals' perspective, will still probably be at a premium tonight with Pablo Lopez on the on the mound. Um, but he, Jordan Hicks is making a start. I think f- from the Cardinals' perspective, that's the story. Uh, his two games so far, the 12th against Kansas City, two scoreless innings, he was credited with the win there, walked one, struck out two, gave up an unearned run against Milwaukee in his last appearance, also two innings. Gave up a hit, walked one, and struck out three. But this is his first start at the major league level. 73 games in relief in 2018. 29 games in relief in 2019. 10 games in relief in 2021. Did not pitch in 2020. And two games of relief so far this season. And you go to the minor leagues. Jordan Hicks uh, starting versus relieving. He started three games at Memphis in 2019, uh, or 2021, excuse me. But before that, his last start came in 2017 uh, at the uh, full A level at the time with Peoria. So he has not started full time in a very long time. Came up as a starter in 2016. I really don't expect Hicks to be able to go six, seven, eight innings. But I, I would like to see Hicks go three to four. I think three to four is is a good expectation for Jordan Hicks. Five probably being the max, depending on how his pitch count is. Um, I haven't seen any reports on what his pitch count will be, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how long he's able to go. But I'm just excited to see him being stretched out. Um, and even if he only get, does go two innings, it's, it's not a loss. Um, after him, we'll, we'll probably see Jake Woodford, maybe Drew VerHagen to, to to piggyback off of Jordan Hicks, for lack of a better phrase, because uh, we're probably going to see a couple of long. Long relief appearances tonight after Hicks, if all goes according to plan, especially with, um, you know, you're probably not going to see Giovanni Gallegos for a third consecutive night. You're not going to see Andre Pallante tonight. As He went two innings yesterday, like we, like we talked about. But I expect Hicks to, to, to perform well. He's performed very well in his first two appearances, like I've talked about. Again, I think anywhere from, from three to four innings would be a good expectation. Five innings would be exceeding my expectations, and that would be phenomenal. 0-3 runs, keep the Cardinals in the game against Pablo Lopez because Pablo Lopez is off to a very nice start. Uh, 1-0 with a .870 ERA so far on the young season. Just eight punch-outs for Lopez, but this is somebody, that a uh, 26-year-old right-hander, uh, just two starts, 10 in the third innings uh, on the season for Lopez. Runs could be at a premium f- uh, for, for the Cardinals tonight as it could be tough to score off of Lopez, but expectations are, are, are pretty high, I think, in terms of Like I said, not necessarily innings, but in terms of how can Hicks perform? How's he going to look, right? Because he might not be, be, he's not going to be able to probably go 80 to 90 pitches. Might only be able to go 60 to 70, right? So how is it, however long he goes, yes, the innings matter, but I'm more so looking at how he is able to use his pitch count effectively. Whether it's 50, 60, 70, I don't think it's going to get that high up to 80, 90, but whatever his pitch count is, be effective with it and be sharp. That's what I'm looking for tonight, more so than, oh, we need Hicks to go seven. Uh, it would be nice to hit for Hicks to go uh, six, right? Innings, expectations, I mentioned it. Two to four would be nice. Five would be the max that I would expect from him. But I'm more so concerned with how he looks versus how long he's able to last in the game. What are you looking for? Look, got a couple questions for you. Comment on the YouTube if you're watching or to DM on Twitter at LJFastball or the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Or email, lockdowncards at gmail.com. Plenty of ways to reach me. Plenty of ways to interact. I want to know your thoughts on Cardinal baseball this season. Jordan Hicks should be fun to watch tonight. Hopefully he impresses and the Cardinals can earn a sweep in Miami. But at the minimum, at least, Cardinals have a serious win. And in baseball, that's, in my opinion, one of the more important aspects of baseball is being able to win series. The Cardinals have secured themselves at least a serious win uh, here in Miami before they um, move on from the fish and go on to their next series um, uh, against the uh, Cincinnati Reds excuse me uh, th- th- this weekend in Cincinnati first time they'll play the the red Lakes um, this this series this season excuse me so Tomorrow, we'll be talking about what Jordan Hicks did tonight, as well as what the offense did against Pablo Lopez. We'll also be previewing the Cincinnati Reds series that I just alluded to. So thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen of the day. Be sure to make Locked on MLB with your pal Sully your second listen of the day. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys tomorrow about what Jordan Hicks did, as well as what the Cardinals will be looking forward to in Cincinnati this weekend. So until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.